It might be getting stale. Okay, let's make it fresh. Hello and welcome to Fresh Aesthetic, the show where we discuss topics like creativity, popular culture, self-acceptance, and more. My name is Stephen, and I'm joined by my co-host Matt. Hi Matt, and welcome to the show everyone. Let's hit it. Hello everybody, welcome to the first episode of 2022. It's good to have you with us. Let's talk about uncertainty. We decided to... Um, do a quick reflection on our years of 2021, the year gone. Um, so let's start with you so that I can think for a little bit longer on what I want to say. Okay. I'll, I'll just give you the pra- pragmatic run through of Matt's year. So 2020 was certainly the unexpected year. To me, uncertainty is probably the best word to describe 2021. We all thought COVID was going to come to an end, but no, if anything, it sort of escalated. And I started the year, I just started taking medicine for my depressive episodes. So most of 2021 for me was on on some drugs, uh, which I'm glad gradually weaning off now. Um, I started working for an influencer Instagram influencer um, Chelsea has been on this podcast, worked for her for a couple of months, which was really cool, but sort of uh, solidified in me that I did want to do my own thing. So took the risk to start a business, um, had shipping delays most of the year, hit the ground in June, July, started selling in August, September. And since then, I've just been completely focused. My house has turned into a workshop, storage space, showroom, photography studio. And up until December, I thought it was going to be continue like that until I've just got a workshop moving in this week and we'll be ready to go in January, beginning of January. So when this podcast comes out, it'll probably be probably be in a new place. So my year has pretty much been like that, been parenting. My second kid started school and um, my wife has been doing a lot of work at the hospital. So, um, yeah. Awesome. That's a lot of things. It's amazing, eh? Yeah, it's amazing how much you've actually done when you reflect on the year. Um, 2021 for me was pretty full on. Um, I accomplished quite a few things. Um, started a new course at school, um, taught a new class, and that was quite challenging in a number of ways but also very rewarding as well and um, especially as a project that they work on all year long and it's it's a lot of work but um, when you come out of the end of it um, after going through all of the emotions of can I get through this and can I get this done to see to see students come out the end of it with a finished product of a portfolio they've been working on it's it's pretty rewarding so there was that that was that was a huge change for me in 2021 um, there was more teaching from home with lockdowns and um, of course everyone thought that COVID was over after 2020 and going into 2021 it was like yay we're, we're free we're gonna gonna have this amazing year and it's gonna be completely different and we're, we're gonna be back to normal was the the key words but no um, it was more of the same and then of course Delta came and destroyed everyone's hopes and dreams 
um, yeah, so here we are. And so, yep, there was that. There was various other things. Started the podcast. So that was awesome. Um, just in a lockdown thinking if not now, then they really got no excuses. So just started it, launched into it. Um, still fearful of like running out of steam or whatever, but did it anyway. Um, got plans to start a photography like side hustle thing of um, just printing out some of my photos, uh, drone photos and other photos as well and just selling prints, um, high quality boutique prints from local, locally sourced uh, printers and framers. So yeah, a few things like that and also struggled a lot with mental health this year. Um, probably the worst it's ever been for me, um, especially towards the end of the year uh, for, for many reasons. But yeah, that was that was really difficult and it's an ongoing challenge, but um, yeah, just slowly picking up tools and resources along the way to help with that. Um, and then, of course, just navigating the changing world that we're, that we're living in. And um, it's so easy to be fearful of the future or um, just have a have a projected image in your mind of what the future is going to look like and then just live in constant fear and anxiety all the time but yeah an ongoing journey to live in the now that was probably one of the biggest takeaways of 2021 is living in the present moment being present all of that kind of thing and finding any way to do that possible so do you think if you reflect on your year and we've got this word uncertainty do you think that you, with, with all the uncertainty, not only in, in your own life, but globally and everything that's been happening, how do you feel you dealt with that? And do you feel you dealt with it well? I feel like I dealt with it reasonably well. Yeah. Um, just things changing and moved, right, felt like the rug was pulled out from under me a number of times. And I know people will relate to this because um, most people I talk to, we lost a lot of people at work um, with the vaccination thing. Um, and a lot of people will relate to that, having to pick up the extra work left behind from people who left. And I think I dealt with that okay. But um, yeah, it's it's hard. It, it really is hard to to wonder why, why, why are we having to do all this extra work? Uh, um, and like for, for the same pay, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a hard one. What about you? I have just put myself out there constantly in the uncertainty, just making decisions in uncertainty is really hard because you don't know the trajectory of societies of economies of politics you you don't know what's coming up next and how it's going to affect your life and that can eat you up and i i feel like i've done reasonably good at making decisions pragmatically in the midst of all that um i could have not gone into business because i thought oh well it's too volatile economies too volatile but i did it anyway um i could have sat back and um, continued university or studied, which I, I'm, I'd love to do at some point. But I had a pragmatic year, a year of doing, a year of going, well, maybe you do need to continue medication, being pragmatic, um, a year of um, working on marriage and, and being a dad when 
just everything felt in the air. So I, I feel like I was pragmatic. Whether I've done the right things or not, I'm not sure um, at this point. But I, I, I'm a bit nervous about 2022. Uh, <laughs> You're going to say three. 2023 there. I feel like we, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like globally there's an awareness that things are shifting. Yeah. And we don't know where it's going to land yet, but we know that it's never going to be the same. And so I really relate to this word of uncertainty. And I said it at the beginning when we were talking about the podcast, I, I, I think most people thought 2021 might see the end of COVID. It might be all over and anything but that happened. And it sort of spun us into this um, gyro motion of continual more lockdowns, more stress, more... Uh, variants, more um, volatility in the economy. And so I don't think that's ended yet. I still feel we're spinning a bit and we there's, there's not sure. It's like when a coin's spinning, right? You, you're watching it spin and you don't know if it's going to be heads or tails when it lands, if it's going to fall off the table. Um, and so that that's kind of how I feel. But I, I'd like to hear how you feel about 2022 as well. Yeah, I think I feel exactly the same way, um, uh, for sure, of uh, that, that uncertain times. A word is perfect for 2022, uncertainty. Nobody knows where we will land, and I think 2021 taught us that. Um, COVID's taught us a number of things, and it seems like when we fail to listen or heed the teaching that it does it again, teaches us all over again. Um, that we don't really know what's coming or, or how things will pan out and we can only speculate. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like it's gonna, it is uncertain times that it, um, we just have no idea really uh, how long this thing's going to last and what, what things will look like when it's done, when the dust settles, when it's finally over, um, how economies are going to get back to, to whatever we've spent so much money on this um like trillions of dollars on on the virus overall and yeah what's it going to look like after that nobody knows i heard a story recently as well about somebody who's trying to get building materials and they couldn't get them and they were really upset because they felt like you know it was their right to to have those building materials and other people weren't getting them, but they felt that because they were a big paying customer, um, because they, they bought in bulk, that you know they should have the right to have that material, and they just couldn't get it. And that's just a reminder that I, I feel like one of the reminders in all this uncertainty is the peeling away from our egos and how much we're wrapped up and, and have based our life on this certainty around us not realizing that it always was uncertain that we sort of think that a stable society is the norm but there's kind of no such thing as a stable society it's always evolving it's always moving and that's been reminded we, we kind of come to the point where we're like we don't have rights to get our way um covid just steps in and says nah doing it my way and we're all like oh okay and then those who sort of do say stuff you COVID I'm doing it my way you know either die or end up in hospital and sort of COVID just does not apologize for that and um 
So I think it's a reminder of that the certainty kind of never really exists. No, it is a bit of an illusion, isn't it? And um, that brings up a good point about the scientific method in general. And um, we've we've had to face this a lot with um, epidemiology and, and scientific things coming out at the moment because there's such a a wide plethora of um, false information out there surrounding COVID and, and the pandemic. And it's just been a carnival of of just false information and fake news and conspiracy theories and all of this stuff. And what's really interesting is because the scientific method is basically you're trying to find the best solution and you do the best you can with the information you have, but scientists are always looking for ways to improve on things. And so they're always looking for new information and to test new theories and to try, try things out. Um, I heard somebody say today in a podcast that it's a feature and not a bug. It's part of the process. It's part of the method is that you're actively trying to analyze things and and prove things or disprove things um, as information comes in. So it's not about avoiding conflicting messaging. And that's what they get frustrated at is if people go, oh, but you said before that it was like this. And it was like, well, yes, we did. But we were just doing the best with the information we had. And so if new information comes in, you use that to, to change and you change your perspective and you move forward. Otherwise, you would just be finding your baseline and then camping out there. And if new facts came in, you would be avoiding those facts and going, no, no, this is the way it is. This is the way that we've set up camp. And that's where your dogmatism comes in. I think that's a really interesting point, how the scientific method is all about moving forward. And as new information comes in, you update your thinking and and you go forward like that. And it's kind of stark contrast. You see the contrast between people who have adapted their opinions and those who are still camping on two-year-old beliefs as to when the pandemic started, as to when everything started. And you can see there's been no evolving of thought. I mean, I've changed my opinion since the thing started. And the other thing I will say is that I think there's a difference in when I use opinion and belief, I think there's a difference. Like to me, a belief is something that is in me that I I hold as a value and that I've come to a very informed decision and, you know, I'll stand and fight on that hill. Whereas an opinion is like, this is what I think and this is the direction and momentum that I'm heading in. And I think certainty is probably more towards the belief end of the spectrum for me. And I have, I feel I've reasonably, I feel like I've walked through the, the last two years reasonably with opinions more than beliefs about things. But what I can see happening is a polarization that most people in society are letting go of the certainty of their beliefs and and being like you're saying opening to new information or what are we learning or what's happening with with delta what's the behavior patterns uh omicron what's all these um how do we react to this now and so there's there's an understanding that you can't just be so dogmatic as to go back two years ago and say you know like bill gates is trying to take over the world you know like Hopefully that narrative, people have moved on from that now and realize it's a bit prehistoric. 
But um, what seems to happen is if we, we, we so want to cling to certainty that we double down on our beliefs instead of being open to new information. And, and it's, a, I think, a safety mechanism against uncertainty. But I don't know if that's a fair thing to say. I think it is. I think it absolutely is a safe mechanism against uncertainty because uncertainty is so scary and the unknown is so scary and people want to camp out because it's um, it makes you feel safe. It makes you feel like you, you have the answers there. But I want to talk about dissonance in art for a while because I think it is quite a good parallel and um, being a creatively linked podcast, it's a good one to bring in here especially in music like like this is the one that comes to mind so quickly is that a song without dissonance or music without dissonance I don't think has a lot of weight to it whereas when you go for an chord progression when you go from one chord maybe to a chord that wasn't expected or it wasn't in the key signature or wasn't what you thought was coming it can lead to this like unease for a little bit but then you resolve it and you bring it back to to something more expected or more homely feeling and I think that uh, that's such a good analogy because those pieces of music I mean this is arguable of course because it's talking about art but those pieces of music are arguably better or they carry more depth they carry more nuance they carry more meaning again arguably because this stuff is so esoteric but having that dissonance in there is a real key to crafting music that represents the human experience better or any sort of artwork you think about movies or songs or poems or anything really that if it's just going straight ahead there's no conflict there's no dissonance there's no contrasting opinions or any sort of upset to it then it doesn't, it's pretty boring really um, and doesn't really speak to what we go through as humans. So yeah, I think there's something beautiful in dissonance. There's something beautiful in the unexpected or the uncertain and it's part of the goodness of life. Um, so we, we rush to try and get rid of it and to try and be as certain as we can. But I don't know, I feel like there's something in there that really brings us into the present moment because when you've when you're certain about everything the whole future feels perfectly safe and perfectly like i know exactly what's going to happen from now till the day i die or till the day the world ends i know what's going to happen and that's what creates this this feeling of well well i think it's an illusion but it's supposedly a feeling of safety and like like everything it's probably actually more a sense of control like you've got the world under control and everything acts the way that you understand it to act and so you're in control of the whole thing whereas it really is out of our control and that's what brings us into this present moment more than anything else is when things are out of our control because we're sucked right into the here and now going oh my goodness I really don't know what's happening tomorrow so maybe I'll just be present today yeah I love that spin-off of art as well because I was thinking as you were saying that in the movie industry um, Inception, one of the best endings to any movie. Spoiler alert: There's the coin spinning on the table. Have you? Do you remember this? Have you seen this? Yeah, oh yeah, I love the movie. Absolutely. So it's spinning on the table at the end, and the idea behind the movie is um, if the coin keeps spinning, then he's in a dream. 
But if it falls over, then he's actually in real life. And he keeps going into dream after dream. And so this coin spinning at the table and there's this big breakthrough moment in his life. And it cuts out on the coin spinning and the audio kind of leads you into this dissonance of, wait, did the coin stop? Or yeah, did it keep- yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's just... That's what makes the movie ending so great and Mm. why we are so afraid of external volatility, external um, change. I understand it. I think it's, I get it. I feel like that too. I feel nervous about uncertainty, but I have to remind myself that, like you said, there's a beauty in not knowing. There's a beauty in when you're not sure whether the coin's going to start or stop and it grabs our attention. And if, I think that that's exactly what it does. The world is at attention now. The world is going, whoa, like, okay, let's actually start paying attention to things such as climate change, um, inequality. Let's start paying attention to some of the, the big things in life. And um, I don't know if we have any answers for them. But I know that, like we said, that it hasn't stopped spinning yet and we're, we're waiting for 2022, 2023, 24, 25, whatever it is. I mean, this might be uncertainty for the best part of a decade. Yeah, we just don't know. And that's really cool that you brought up um, Inception and the ending of movies and things like that because I just watched this movie Don't Look Up the other night and my goodness, the ending. I will not spoil it for you, but... Uh, it just made me laugh. Um, but it was because it was so unexpected. It was so out of the box. Like, And I, I read articles from the director about why they did it like that. And I thought it was just so brilliant um, because everybody, like something new happens and then everybody kind of follows along with that and copies that and tries everything they can to jump on that bandwagon and do the same thing. I mean, that's kind of how fashion works, right? Um, something really wild comes out and then everyone's just doing that thing ad nauseum and then suddenly somebody comes out and does something completely radically different and that's what draws people's attention and I think that's what happened in this movie like if this it was a it's a apocalyptic disaster movie and if it had ended the, the way that every other apocalyptic disaster movie ends um, I think it would have been a complete flop um, but he did it as a dark comedy and just completely turned that general narrative from those sorts of movies on its head. And um, yeah, it was just, that's what really fascinated me about the movie. Um, I just think that's so true what you're saying there, that uncertainty or doing something different or something out of the box, it really shakes things up, doesn't it? And it kind of speaks to the human experience, like I was saying before, of living in the dissonance. And it also encourages you to actually think about it and not just have everything handed to you and go, here, this is exactly what you should think and this is exactly how the story goes and it's a bit on the nose like that. If there's a bit of it's up in the air, then, um, yeah, I think it makes it so much more interesting. I think uncertainty, as scary as it is, if we embrace it with an attitude of new things are coming and this follows on great from the change episode that, hey, let's let's take advantage of these seasons and times are in because we might not have a time of uncertainty for a long time after this that's right it really just knocks the ego on its head it snaps us out of that 
egoic tendency to want to have everything completely controlled and perfectly in line and in order because we've let our minds become the parasite that rules us and we over identify with it and, and get get sucked into thinking that that we are our minds or we're identified with this who we are this i'm a builder who's has a wife and four kids and things like that you know you get sucked into that story and you just like it becomes you when when really you're you're deeper than that you're a deeper being underneath so that uncertainty really does challenge that ego and that ego tendency to for control and reminds us how fragile we are and also to be present right now that's definitely taking influence from the power of now the book to be alive to yeah. to be able to die and go i lived you know yeah and that's um i was thinking of a bible story as you were talking about that um of david's mighty men in the bible there's this story about these uh, you know you hear it in sunday school these guys who spent their whole life just killing everything and everyone absolute nutcases killing wild animals, whatever. And then um, they've been doing this for years. And then it says that Solomon comes in and it's the, it's uh, Israel is at peace with everyone. And you've got to think about these guys who all they've known, all their identity, all their ego is wrapped up in is killing. And now they're in a change of season. And I, I kind of think that's kind of what's happening now. Like we are in a global shift and those who are experts and have accreditations in the past uh, era are coming to a place of being, if I don't reinvent myself, I'm going to be redundant. And um, it's a scary time, but you can reinvent yourself. I just saw that YouTubers, it was the first time, I can't remember if it was the Grammys or what movie event, it's the first time that YouTubers were welcomed as participants in the Grammys or the BAFTAs or whatever it was. And the comment came out, oh, it, it makes it a little bit more trashy. And I was just like, nah, we're in a new era. It's the YouTube has overtaken TV. It used to be called TV. Now it's YouTube. And so society is changing the way we treat even celebrities and who celebrities are. And, and um, yeah, I, I just think it's um, China has the biggest cinema industry in the world it used to be america so we're going to see we watched a chinese movie recently we're seeing a shift in who's making movies then the values that are being communicated in movies are changing as well i think it's exciting but this is what we we, we can tend to look at all the unknown but this is what we do know things are changing yeah <laughs> that's the one thing we can be certain of that nothing's certain you're absolutely right and i was watching a video today from a one of my favorite YouTubers, Peter McKinnon, and he was doing his final video of 2021 and he had a video called The End of This Channel As You Know It. He was just talking about the interesting relationship between a content creator and their audience. He has all these crazy ideas, right? Like he's always having crazy ideas, but he, he overthinks it and goes, oh, would anyone actually really care about that or want to see that? Um, and, and I mean, when it's your livelihood, it kind of would really affect you because you're getting your income from it. If you can't get income, then you're not going to pay your bills. So you end up kind of giving your audience what they want in a way. And there is some benefit to that, of course. But at the same time, he's really, he was talking about just doing 
videos because he loved it and wanting to sink his teeth into these crazy ideas and just try it and i think that's probably easier when you've already got millions of followers i mean you'd probably still freak out though maybe it would be harder because you're you're scared that that it would wreck your whole channel or people would leave and you'd lose all these subscribers and that would create its own kind of fear loop for you i think the way that people are creating content is changing if you don't adapt and roll with that and try things yourself then you'd probably run the risk of being obsolete the amount of people moving out of cities because work is online is insane we, and I remember we talked about this at the beginning of the pandemic in our university studies, what the effects of working from home would have on cities. And honestly, it's like our theories are happening before our eyes. Aucklanders are leaving like never before and moving to the country because they don't have to commute. So the, the lifestyle homes are big now. Um, people are growing their own food everybody's buying seeds everybody's got veggie gardens and my mother-in-law said uh, who grew up in the country said oh this is what it used to be like plastic bags are pretty much like dirty now like yeah. i go somewhere I get a plastic bag i'm like oh for goodness sake yeah yeah we are in a new world bro oh yeah if it's like if, if you turn up at the supermarket with your plastic bags it'd be like the walk of shame through the checkouts things are changing and the pandemic has changed us in those ways and hopefully i mean like you saying your mother-in-law saying it's like it was or like it used to be hopefully it's like okay we've made some mistakes here like when cigarettes first came out we made some mistakes thinking <laughs> it was very cool to smoke and without realizing that it's actually damaging for your lungs and things like that well it's probably going to be like that with technology and i think we're starting to really shift our our frame of mind with technology and and realize just how addictive screen time is and also how addictive social media is and i mean we've got plenty of documentaries that have woken us up to that a little bit and also i mean you probably start to catch on yourself eventually how if you're really honest going oh i'm actually addicted to that like for me instagram like i was off instagram for ages and it was great, um, but I had to get it back to promote the podcast because it wouldn't let me do it from my desktop computer, which was frustrating. Got the app back, and at first I was just sort of checking it infrequently. It wasn't much of a a thing at all, really. I was probably spending more time looking at the weather than the than Instagram. But, and then I slowly noticed it regain its foothold and like the timing that you spend with the app slowly started to increase or maybe it was more of a, a quick ramp up to back to where it used to be that to me was like whoa the even if you've been off them and you've kind of kicked the habit i guess it would be like a smoker picking up a cigarette again after having kicked the habit for a year or so you could be sucked straight back into it that was just a shock it's like these algorithms and things it's only going to be so long before they've understood our minds and our brains so well that they could sell us whatever they want i mean you can pretty much do that already with um, advertising has become so clever with the ways that um, it subconsciously tricks you into buying whatever product uh, you're being advertised but yeah, I think it's the same with algorithms feeding us the content we want in such a way that we really are slaves to it. I have a theory that in the next decade, social media is going to die. I think you might be right there. Yeah. 
I've already seen a tapering off. I mean, the metaverse is the end of an era. (laughs) To me, I was watching some commentaries on it and they were analyzing it. why, Why Facebook took this jump. And the reality is... Facebook has been on a downward spiral for a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the more they've grown by taking over um, Instagram and and all these other Snapchat, WhatsApp, all of that, it's grown, it's grown, it's grown. Now it's the metaverse. It is, I don't think it's working. And I think people know that. I was in town the other day and I've never, I know it's the holidays here, but I've never seen so many young people out in town hanging out with each other. Wow, and I know Gen Z especially respond to in-person relationship much better than they do uh, digitally. They in, in a workplace environment, they prefer the boss to talk to them rather than to message or email them. And so there's this desire for interhuman contact, and I think that's gonna. I think technology is gonna go deeper in the sense that it will be integrated into our lives a whole lot more. We won't be able to live without it. Um, I do think crypto is crypto is the future. I think banks are nervous about that. Um, I think uh, that as far as entertainment, I think digital it's going to change. I think that we're not really going to see social media as big as it ever, as it was. You know, ten five years ago, it was probably at its peak, especially with TikTok coming on the scene. But uh, I, I just can't see it being the next big thing. Russell Brand gives a good critique of the metaverse. It really, I mean, it's just sucking the addiction in even further, I think. I mean, we're already struggling to to get off our phones. Everything being more in the digital space of just like an online world. It's like the movie Ready Player One. It's just this online world to the detriment of the real world. mm I can see it happening. And I mean, it's a natural progression of where technology is heading. And, and as the technology gets better and better, it, it's able to do that in a realistic manner. But my goodness, how addictive that would be. Like, of course, you want to go into the metaverse and build up your your egoic. Um, it's just going to take over, I think. Absolutely. And here's one of the problems is that the way businesses are structured is to benefit the shareholder. So Facebook can't change, you know, like it is its job is to make money by addicting people to its platforms. And as society is starting to go, oh, we're moving on from all that. Facebook has to double down for the sake of its shareholders. Like they can't start something new. He, um, Zuckerberg would literally have to resign, which I think is a great idea to resign <laughs> and say, I'm starting a new company, it's called Get Off of Social Media. Wow. I think that would be yeah. more relevant. I think that would be more relevant in the metaverse. I just can't see it happening. And it, I mean, that, again, that movie, Don't Look Up, it's about a comet coming to Earth, but the actual story is about climate change and about, it could be taken about COVID as well. But it's got it's got so many kind of depressingly dark things in it. But <laughs> I can't wait. One to of them watch. is I, I, I'm not sure if I should give the spoiler or not. But is it oh, going to take away the tension in the? Might, but it's just like in the middle of the movie, it kind of moves the plot forward. But it's also so 
Oh, it just. I can't do it. Okay, okay. I can feel the anticipation oh, to my, watch it. My goodness, but I'm oddly encouraged by this discussion on uncertainty. Well, that's good because, <laughs> like, some days I've got like no hope for humanity, and yeah, other days I'm like, right. I think we might make it yet. Yeah, the real challenge, and this really is challenging to do, and and was one of my biggest takeaways from 2021, as I said at the start, is living in the now. I get so attached to wondering what the future is going to be like, and and I think everyone can relate to that of being stressed and anxious about what's coming in 2022 and beyond. You just don't know. I mean, I remember so many times in 2021 just being so fearful or worried about something, and then it just didn't even happen or it didn't turn out anything like what I anticipated or something just stopped it from happening altogether. And how many times in life does that happen, right? You're just so stressed about something and then it just either doesn't happen or happens completely differently to how you expected. I think there's just some profound wisdom in that um, scripture that talks about the the lilies of the field and how they they have everything they need, their clothes for today and, and that's all that all that there is. Um, So to take us out, I just want to read this poem by Mary Oliver. It's called In Blackwater Woods. To live in this world, you must be able to do three things. To love what is mortal, to hold it against your bones, knowing your own life depends on it. And when the time comes, to let it go. To let it go. And there's, there's just something something so authentic in that of um, we hold so tightly to things in this life. Um, one of them, like I was just saying, is the future or even the past. We can just hold on to them so tightly as things we think are saving us or keeping us knowledgeable about what's going on. But really all they're doing is just taking us out of the only thing we have, which is right now. Do you have any final thoughts? to be comfortable in being uncomfortable and it's hard and I think Mary Oliver who's one of our favourites on this show really captured that yeah for sure well thank you for listening everyone see you next time thanks so much for listening everyone if you like the podcast please consider leaving a review and following the show on Instagram the support means a lot and is super helpful for the algorithms all original music is by me Stephen Garten And thanks as always to my co-host Matt Goodat for the chats. Alright, I'll see you all in the next one. Keep it fresh.